0: from history, and from the Word of God. Welcome to the Sabrook Meeting House, an audio production of Sabrook Ministries.
1: Chapter 7 of the Westminster Confession of Faith God's covenant with man. Number 1 says, the distance between God and the creature is so great that although reasonable creatures do owe obedience unto Him as their Creator, yet they could never have any fruition of Him as their blessedness and reward, but by some voluntary condescension on God's part which He hath been pleased to express by way of covenant. Section 2 says, the first covenant made with man was a covenant of works, wherein life was promised to Adam, and in him to his posterity, upon condition of perfect and personal obedience. Section 3, man by his fall, having made himself incapable of life by that covenant, that is a covenant of works, the Lord was pleased to make a second, commonly called the covenant of grace, wherein He freely offereth unto sinners life and salvation by Jesus Christ, requiring of them faith in Him that they may be saved, and promising to give unto all those that are ordained unto life His Holy Spirit, to make them willing and able to believe." Number 4 continues, this covenant of grace is frequently set forth in the Scripture by the name of a testament in reference to the death of Jesus Christ, the testator, and to the everlasting inheritance which all things belonging to it therein bequeathed. Section 5 says, this covenant was differently administered in the time of the law and in the time of the gospel. Under the law it was administered by promises, prophecies, sacrifices, circumcision, the Paschal Lamb, and other types and ordinances delivered to the people of the Jews, all four signifying Christ to come, which were for that time sufficient and efficacious through the operation of the Spirit capital S, Holy Spirit, to instruct and build up the elect in faith in the promised Messiah, by whom they had full remission of sins and eternal salvation, and is called the Old Testament. Section 6, under the gospel, when Christ the substance was exhibited, the ordinances in which this covenant is dispensed are the preaching of the Word, the administration of the sacraments of baptism and the Lord's Supper, which, though fewer in number and administered with more simplicity and less outward glory, yet in them it is held forth in more fullness, evidence, and spiritual efficacy to all nations, both Jews and Gentiles, and is called the New Testament. There are not, therefore, two covenants of grace differing in substance, but one and the same under various dispensations. Chapter 8 of the Westminster Confession of Faith Chapter 8 deals with of Christ the Mediator. Section 1, it pleased God in His eternal purpose to choose and ordain the Lord Jesus, His only begotten Son to be the mediator between God and man, the prophet, priest, and king, the one who sets forth, the one who intercedes for, and the one who rules His people, the head and Savior of His church, the heir of all things and judge of the world, unto whom He did from all eternity give a people to be His seed, and to be by Him in time redeemed, called, justified, sanctified, and glorified. Section 2 says, The Son of God, the second person in the Trinity, being very and eternal God of one substance and equal with the Father, did, when the fullness of time was come, take upon Him man's nature, with all the essential properties essential properties, and common infirmities, not sins, but common weaknesses thereof, yet without sin, being conceived by the power of the Holy Ghost in the womb of the Virgin Mary of Her substance, so that two whole, perfect, and distinct natures, the Godhead and the manhood, were inseparably joined together in one person without conversion, composition, or confusion. Which person is very God and very man, yet one Christ, the only mediator between God and man?" Number three says, the Lord Jesus in His human nature, thus united to the divine, was sanctified and anointed with the Holy Spirit. Above measure, having in Him all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, in whom it pleased the Father that all fullness should dwell, to the end that being holy, harmless, undefiled, and full of grace and truth, He might be thoroughly furnished to execute the office of a mediator and surety, which office He took not unto Himself, but thereunto was called by His Father, who put all power and judgment into His hand and gave Him commandment to execute the same. Section 4 reads, This office the Lord Jesus did most willingly undertake, which that He might discharge, He was made under the law, willingly undertake, you see, see, because He had been asked to do it and He was a subservient child and so on, and did perfectly fulfill it endured most grievous torments immediately in his soul, and most painful sufferings in his body, was crucified and died, was buried and remained under the power of death, yet saw no corruption. On the third day he arose from the dead with the same body in which he suffered, with which also he ascended into heaven, and there sitteth at the right hand of his Father, making intercession and shall return to judge men and angels at the end of the world. We take up now the fifth section of chapter 8, the Mediator, Jesus Christ, which teaches us that the Lord Jesus, by His perfect obedience and sacrifice of Himself, which He through the eternal Spirit once offered up unto God, hath fully satisfied the justice of His Father, and purchased not only reconciliation but an everlasting inheritance in the kingdom of heaven for all those whom the Father hath given unto Him. Section 6 continues, although the work of redemption was not actually wrought by Christ till after His incarnation, yet the virtue, efficacy, and benefits thereof were communicated unto the elect in all ages successively from the beginning of the world in and by those promises, types, and sacrifices wherein He was revealed and signified to be the seed of the woman, which should bruise the serpent's head and the lamb slain from the beginning of the world, being yesterday and today the same and forever. Section 7 says, Christ in the work of mediation acteth according to both natures, by each nature that is divine and human, doing what is proper to itself. Yet by reason of the unity of the person, that which is proper to one nature is sometimes in Scripture attributed to the person denominated by the other nature. The section concludes with number 8. To all those for whom Christ hath purchased redemption, He doth certainly and effectually apply and communicate the same, making intercession for them, revealing unto them in and by His Word the mysteries of salvation, effectually persuading them by His Spirit to believe and obey, and governing their hearts by His Word and Spirit overcoming all their enemies by His almighty power and wisdom in such manner and ways as are most consonant to His wonderful and unsearchable dispensation. Chapter 9 of the Westminster Confession of Faith. Section 1 reads, God hath endued the will of man with that natural liberty that it is neither forced nor by absolute necessity of nature determined to good or evil. The second section says, man in his state of innocency had freedom and power to will and to do that which is good and well-pleasing to God, but yet mutably, so that he might fall from it. Section 3 tells us, man by his fall into a state of sin hath wholly lost all ability of will (coughs) to any spiritual good accompanying salvation. So as a natural, that is fallen man, being altogether averse from that good and, as we had been told before, dead in sins, is not able by his own strength to convert himself or to prepare himself thereunto. Now a fourth section. When God converts a sinner and translates him into the state of grace, He freeth him from his natural bondage under sin, and by His God's grace alone enables him freely to will and to do that which is spiritually good, yet so as that. By reason of his remaining corruption, he doth not perfectly nor only will that which is good But doth also will that which is evil. It concludes this uh, chapter 9 with this statement The will of God is, uh, the will of man is made perfectly and immutably free to good alone in the state of glory only.
0: Thank you for joining us this week at the Saybrook Meeting House. We hope you've been blessed by today's podcast. Saybrook Ministries' mission is to provide didactic and devotional content from the Christian faith delivered to the saints, recovered and refined by the Protestant Reformation. Be sure to visit saybrookministries.org for continually updated Christian content designed to inspire and invigorate our imagination and intellect. Join us next week for another journey to the Saybrook Meeting House. Until then, may God bless you.